Hello, and welcome to Raise the Bar, the jumping podcast, all about jumping. We're talking about training. Uh, we're talking with coaches. We're talking with athletes. We are talking about how to jump higher, farther, and faster. And we have been on a roll this last year, basically, talking with Olympic-level track and field athletes, for the most part, uh, long jumpers, high jumpers. Um, we're delving into some triple jumpers and some multi-event athletes. We've had many athletes who have made it to their respective countries' Olympic trials, both here in the U.S. and abroad. Uh, we've had athletes from Canada, from Norway, from uh, the U.S., obviously. Uh, we've had people that have made it to the trials, people that have made it onto Olympic teams, and then people who have competed and won gold medals. So uh, today we're going to be um, reaching out and talking with a young lady that I met just last year, who at the time was, uh, and still is, I believe, coaching at Golden West College here in Southern California. Her name is Ashley Anderson. Uh, she's going to be joining us here in a, in a few minutes in our, our Zoom call. <clears throat> and uh, Ashley is just uh, a very impressive young lady. She's, uh, she's very on top of things. And um, when she I first got in touch with her. She was talking about her her history. Uh, she grew up here in in Southern Cal and went to um, Carson High School and uh, eventually made her way up to Cal Berkeley. And uh, her list of accomplishments is is pretty amazing. She was a uh, California State Triple Jump champ in 2014, three-time LA City section champ. She won the Mount Sac Invitational Championship in 2014, set the meet record. She was an Arcadia individual champ 2014 and just kind of goes on and on. That was in high school, <clears throat> in college, three-time NC2A finalist and All-American, four-time NCAA regional qualifier, two-time Pac-12 podium finisher in third, uh, just again, on and on and on, uh, USATF national championship participant. So we are going to uh to delve into uh ashley's athletic background obviously and then i believe she's i know she's still coaching uh is coaching this next season but she's also still competing so we're gonna find out uh what it is that that uh, makes ashley anderson tick here in a few minutes all right i can see you can't hear you yet now she's connected Good morning. Good morning, Ashley. I'm going to turn up my sound here. I, I can't even hear me. <laughs> there you are. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's been a minute. I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, I know. Like six months. Six months. Yeah, right. So we're we're back getting closer to the grind. Um, are you, you going to be coaching at uh, Golden West again this year? Um, hopefully. Possibly. Hopefully, possibly. Yes. They haven't inked you yet. <laughs> uh, well, they well, um, they expressed that they did want me to come back for next season, but it was just so far away, basically right. that who knows what might happen was kind right. of just a conversation. But right. I would love to. I enjoyed, I enjoyed um, working with them. Now, was last year your first year at Golden West? Yes. Okay. And that was, was that your first uh, foray into coaching? Yes, it was. 
Okay. So how, how did that come about? Did you, uh, did you know all the time you were being an athlete that you wanted to be a coach or did it just kind of roll out your way somehow? Not necessarily, I guess I would say. You mean in general, how did it come about me coaching or specifically working at? Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like, I never really thought I was going to be a coach. You know, it just, it, to me, it just kind of happened. It suggested and I I tried it out and, you know, it stuck. So I didn't know if that was always something that you'd thought about doing or, you know. Yeah, no, not necessarily, I would say. But I think like what you said, it just sort of happened. I think that that's a common trend, at least in my life and maybe and maybe um, with athletes, um, especially track and field athletes, because I think most of us don't necessarily start off like, I want to run a lot or I want to <laughs> like exercise a whole lot every day. Right. But it's like, oh, I tried it out and it worked. And I think that that's um, a common thing. And so similar to what you said i think is is the same thing is basically well i think you i think you should coach and before i was working at golden west i was doing like private coaching for money um not that i don't love um, (laughs) coaching or mentoring or being a guy for younger people but i was really like i need some money and i need to be able to work when i want yeah and not work when i can't so i was doing that and then I guess someone that knew me was connected to the Golden West coach. And that's just basically how it happened. They were looking for someone and they thought of me. And so they sent the head coach my way. And that's, that's basically the gist of it. Um, but I yeah. really didn't do it. That's, that's so interesting the way you, you mentioned that. Cause I, I, I'm thinking back on almost all the gigs that I've ended up doing. And it, it seems to me that when I go out of my way, like I, I, you know, looking for jobs, you know, I'm like start interviewing and this and that. And it's just like, it just seems all those doors are always closed. I don't know what it is. You know, it's like, but Hey, I'm Troy Haynes. <laughs> and it's like, who, who's, who's Troy Haynes, you know? And then when somebody else goes, you know, comes up and says, Hey, we're really looking for someone, blah, blah, blah. We need a, somebody, you know, are you interested or free? And it's like, um oh yeah okay you know you check it out and and that's you know that's how I ended up at Vanguard you know a couple years ago you know uh coach Sterling came to me and asked asked me if I was interested said they were looking for somebody and you know it's turned out to be a great fit so oh so that's awesome I can't wait to to uh bump into you again we did this last year I I forget I think it was uh was it Um, it was way out there no it was um not if you it's way 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 out there in orange county yeah somewhere in irvine right the is it um no even more south even more south almost dana point i want to say it was pretty far pretty far out yeah well they they all blend together after a while right (laughs) i don't know why i can't think of it's gonna come to me i know i'm picturing it but my my brain is like a sieve. I don't know about yours. I, I things come in and out of my head all the time. Um, well, hey, I wanted to go back and I was looking at the the resume you sent and I I talked you up a little bit before you got into the waiting room. But um, you went to I saw a couple different high schools on the list that were both here in the Southland, right? So yes, is Narbonne and then Carson, right? So mm-hmm. when you were at those those schools down here, was was track and field all you did, or did you do other sports as well? 
No, I actually, so I came in a cheerleader and I missed church outs my freshman year. And my dad's like, well, you can't just go to school and come home. You have to do something, join the basketball team. Why don't you run track? Like people tell you you run fast. Right. And so that's how I ended up, I guess, trying out for the track team. Because at that point in high school, like you can just like say, I want to run track and they'll let you run. And I was at Narbonne at this time. Um, and so that's how I got into track. But the remainder of my high school career, yeah, I, I um, was a cheerleader. And then I also did like um, musicals and all that good stuff. So I was pretty busy. Wow. Okay. So you did, you did track and cheerleading. So no other sports. That was it. And they, they got their hooks in you right away. And then uh, I'm always curious about this evolution because um, my coach, uh, uh, who is has left us now, um, Baru Elias. He was at um, Long Beach City uh, for a long time. Him and Coach Ron Alice just created some amazing dynasties at at Long Beach City. They were state champs and blah blah blah. But Elias had you know seven eight high jumpers and five fifty four fifty five foot triple jumpers and you know twenty six foot long jumpers like every year at the JC. It's crazy. He's really really good coach. And um, I remember coming you know looking to him for help when I was at UCLA. And we did a lot of triple jump stuff. You know, I was doing triple jump bounding and this and that. And I was like, I don't, I don't really like triple jumping coach. (laughs) He was like, well, you know, you got to do this bounding. And, you know, I I ended up learning it, you know, grudgingly, but I I can honestly say no one ever came to me and said, why don't you do the triple jump? You look like you'd be really good at it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, um, I, I had no desire to do it. I just kind of learned it by being around Elias because he was really good. And, you know, but I would say of all the disciplines that I've, I've worked with, that's the one that I, I think I have a, the least intuitive feel for. I don't know. I don't know what it is, whether it's just because I was better at going up than out <laughs> or whatever. But mm-hmm. how did that come about for you? Was it like, did you just go right to triple jumping or, you know, did it kind of try everything out and end up there? Um, no. So when I was a freshman, I did not triple jump at all. Actually, I was just running. Mm-hmm. I did the four, I did the two, the four by one, the four by four. I'm like tall and I have long legs. So everybody, of course, is like 400. Like that's the first thing right. that I'm going to try. Or hurdles, um, right? Yeah. I did. I did actually do hurdles, I think sophomore and junior year mm-hmm. never the short hurdles though only the long hurdles right. which i i won't say i hated but i always wanted to try the short hurdles but i just uh-huh. never had enough foot speed to do so so um but actually rewind i went to middle school in palace verdes and they would have like once a year we would have a track meet and like they would give out ribbons and everything for like first second and third right and so the events were like 50 it was like yards 50 yard dash 100 yard dash 400 they had a four by two a Mm -hmm. four by one um they had a standing triple jump and a standing long jump which is broad jump right um and i want to say they had a a mile Mm -hmm. and so i would do that every year and i would like try to do as many events as i thought i could win because i just wanted to get a bunch of ribbons (laughs) i just i would do the mile yeah. Like I wasn't even that good at the mile, but I would do the mile and get a ribbon there. And I would do the standing triple jump. Okay. Um, and so when I got to high school, I didn't even know really anything about track. Didn't even know that it was an event officially right. in track. And we were at a meet and I was like, I've done that before. I, I could do that. 
And then they're like, absolutely not. We don't want you getting hurt trying that. (laughs) And I'm like, but I swear, like I can, I think I could do that. I used to do that in middle school. Right. Um, And then finally, 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 they let me try it sophomore year at like an all comers meet. And so I did pretty good. And they're like, okay, so you're a triple jumper. And I'm like, yes, that's what I've been been trying to tell you guys for years. So that's basically how that happened. Wow. So um, then I was uh, recounting your your exploits. You you made it to the state finals in in 2014 and and eked out a win apparently. So how did you? Uh, I'm kidding, of course, eking out a win. What did you What did you jump and and how was what was that like? I, I made it to that state meet my senior year also, and I didn't have anywhere as glorious a result. So tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So senior year, I transferred to Carson High School. So I was at Narbonne for three years. Mm-hmm. and then transferred my senior year and I honestly I just had a really good senior year I didn't lose a single meet I actually had to I was sitting out up until Arcadia Arcadia was like my first meet that I was able to jump because they had the transfer rules oh um, okay right right, right right so the transfer rule was that you had to sit out uh, until like April first or something like that crazy in high school yes that's crazy yes yes so i was competing at like ben brown i competed at ben brown i actually won at ben brown i think if i can remember correctly and i competed at a couple of other little far away unattached meets i was competing unattached before i came and i jumped at arcadia right and then i was just basically on a roll i just had a good year that's all i can say um I was the favorite coming into win state actually so it wasn't yeah. it would have been a like an upset or a surprise if i did not win right right um so yeah i jumped 41.3 which was a pr for me at that time it was like a two inch pr i jumped 41.1 at mount sac like a month or so before right, right. um but yeah, that was my PR coming out of high school and coming into senior year. My PR was thirty nine eleven. Mm-hmm. So I improved. That's big improvement, yeah. I, yeah, I improved a great deal actually, junior to senior year. Yeah, wow. So I, when you mentioned Carson, um, you know, I grew up in the in the eighties in Long Beach, and uh, the Carson and Banning rivalry was was unbelievable. Was, was that mm-hmm. what was it like walking into that? What did that? Did that trickle down from football to everything else? No, that's not a thing anymore. Really? Not the Carson Banning rivalry. Um, Banning definitely has fallen off a great deal um, in football and other sports, I'm assuming. Well, I don't know what they are like now. Maybe they've come back up. I don't know. But when I was in high school, it was actually more so of a Narbonne-Carson rivalry just because of football. Narbonne was a football powerhouse at the time. Okay. When I was at Narbonne and I was a cheerleader, we were going to like the state championship. We were city champs multiple times over. So Narbonne was a football powerhouse and Carson was good as well. And we actually had a lot of people doing the opposite thing that I did, which was transferring from Carson to to Narbonne to go to Narbonne to play football. Um, So yeah, it was the opposite. I was I was a Narbonne <laughs> girl, and and I actually cheered at Carson as well. And people, whenever we would play Narbonne, people would just look at me like so sideways <laughs> because I had so many friends that were still cheerleading or still playing football. And yeah. so obviously, I was 
I won't say I was biased. I was rooting for us to win, but <laughs> I had people on both sides. Right, but, right. Absolutely. Well, it's, yeah. it's too bad now with uh, all this uh, name, image, and likeness kind of stuff. You know, um, I think I think you missed your, your window of opportunity there. If you'd have been bouncing from one to the other and, you know, got a... I was going to ask you what your signing bonus was and all that for, for jumping <laughs> ship and switching schools, you know? Yeah, that would have been, here. that would have been nice. But honestly, being recruited and all that, all the politics and the drama between the schools and all that stuff, I, I was never wanting to be a part of it. My parents definitely helped me out a lot. Like when I yeah. was trying to decide where I wanted to transfer to, because I actually, when I was still at Narbonne, I was training with like a private coach, like how I'm a private coach now. Right, and I have right. some high school athletes um, who was at Sarah High School. And he had a lot of athletes from all over the place, which is actually how I met Kendall, who right. um, you brought up. Right. Um, so he had a lot of different athletes plus Sarah athletes. And Sarah at this time was like the powerhouse. It was like Sarah and it was Polly. And okay. they would like go back and forth like this. Um, so... So when it was time for me to decide where I wanted to transfer, everybody's like, well, the obvious choice would be to transfer to Sarah. Right. Um, but I guess there were some politics involved. I personally am not aware because my parents were like, you just, we'll let you know where you're going to go to school. Like, right. this is right. our decision to make. So I don't actually know all the politics that ended up going into that um, decision, thankfully, because even being recruited to go to college was like, way too much so i was happy to be left out of that (laughs) yeah well again you're you're talking about stuff that i don't even know anything about i remember my senior year um my family nobody in my family had had been to college and and there were no athletes you know so uh, i was an only kid didn't have brothers and sisters that had been down the road before so you know from my junior year jumping and then you know having a senior year i i forget somebody told me to go you should you should write one of these coaches, you know, and, and see if they're interested in you, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> that sounds like a plan. So I wrote a letter to UCLA and told them, you know, I wanted to jump seven feet and I wanted to go to the state meet and, you know, goals and everything. And I ended up applying there my junior, my senior year, you know, in the fall. And they sent back my application and said it was late. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And uh, they, they didn't even give me a glance until, you know, after CIF. So um and I like no idea what that was all about and now I'm coaching athletes and I talk with athletes like yourself that were like oh yeah I was recruited to go all these places and I went on these trips and I'm just like what was I doing I had no clue about any of that you know I was like Mm -hmm. jumping six ten and three quarters back in the day I mean I ended up walking on to UCLA they were like oh yeah well We'll let you walk on. You can come After try you out. Six ten. Yeah, six ten three quarters. Oh, I see wow. at camp and uh, won the masters meet and went up to oh, state. Wow. And they, you know, it was like, well, they were loaded. They had Dell Davis jumping seven seven and oh, Lee Balkan jumping crazy. seven four. And I think I know when I came in, I was like number seven on the depth chart. It was crazy. Oh man, those, those were the days, right? It's nothing like that now. But um, yeah. I, I'm more curious not to talk about how lame I was, but how <laughs> let's talk about you and what was that recruiting process like for the for our young listeners? You know, those of you that are you know doing well your junior and senior years, and you're looking for colleges, maybe Ashley can uh, shed a little light on what that process is like and how to succeed at it. Um. So. 
I would like to say that it was definitely a little bit different for me just because I did transfer junior to senior year. Mm -hmm. So I basically, there was like a lull because I wasn't competing. And in my opinion, in my opinion, I was getting like letters and I wasn't even sometimes getting the letters because they were going to Narbonne and I was at Carson and they weren't even like giving them to me. Right. And I remember going there and being (laughs) like, somebody's like, you have a stack of letters in the, in the AD's office. And I'm like, I need to get them. Um, so basically I actually signed with Cal right before I opened up at Arcadia. Um, um, which may have been a good or a bad decision. I won't say I thoroughly enjoyed my time at Cal. I have no regrets. So I think it worked out for the best. Um, but before that, had a lot of people tell me I am going to give your number to the Cal coach. Um, my daughter, she jumps at Cal. She goes to Cal. I know the coach. I'm going to multiple people on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. And they never called me. Never, ever. Yeah. And like at one point, somebody's like, I'm going to talk to the Cal coach. I'm like, don't even bother. Like, <laughs> you're like the fourth person to say this to me. Right. Um. And then, so I jumped at like the California indoor meet, like that one winter championship meet that they have up in Fresno. Okay. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah, I haven't haven't heard about that one. So there's like a a California state indoor championship, right? Right. And it's like one meet where you jump indoors. So it's kind of like, you're just going just to go. Yeah, this is California, right? Why are you jumping indoors? Yeah, I get it. Right. Um, and so I jumped pretty good there. I think I jumped like 40 feet and some change. And that was like the very first time I talked to the cow coach, but he was, he said to me and I'll never forget. He said, I had to come see you, see you jump first. A lot of people were talking to me about you, but I had to come see you jump and I had to see what you were like when you were jumping. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely one tip I can give people is you never know who is watching you and it can be to your advantage or it can be to your detriment how you present or how you act when you are competing when you're in the warm-up area when you're talking to your friend in the line at the bathroom you never ever ever know so he was just like well i'm happy that you you know have a positive demeanor and a positive attitude lucky for me i was doing i was doing well i won so right, like of right. course i was in a good mood i was down there yeah you know chit-chatting yeah. and having <laughs> a good time because i was doing well luckily um but yeah so that was the first time i talked to him and <laughs> I, truth be told i wanted to go to usc as as an la kid i, right. I did want to go to usc and i actually went to like one of their recruit nights um they had like a recruit night with football track athletes like it was like a group of us and they took us to a football game and all this good stuff and i remember telling the coach um coach quincy like i'm gonna win state and he's like are you sure i was like i'm totally positive and this is actually in in fall right he's like okay well maybe if you jump 44 feet you can come here i was like (laughs) all right like okay So, um, yeah, I had went on a visit to San Jose State, um, and the coach at that time, I won't, I won't, I won't say any names or anything like that, but sometimes coaches will try to say things to you 
to sway you one way or another sure, or be right. very very manipulative and i was actually just having like a little discussion i reposted something on my page i have a page the black student athlete where i post like tweets or videos or stuff like that mm -hmm. just to foster conversation we were talking about parents and adult figures being involved in the recruiting process when you're dealing with kids and college coaches and i think it's uh, really important that you have adults be a part of that because coaches will sometimes say things like this, this coach said to me that I would not be offered by anybody else like anybody everybody else has already already made all their offers and this is like January like right. I have not even competed yet season has not even started yet and if if I wasn't already offered I wasn't getting any offers so right. this was this was a good offer yeah. you needed to take it basically is what he's telling me right um and it wasn't even it was a partial actually right and I'm like really in my head I'm like I'm the best girl in California right. like could it be and I remember talking to my parents and I mean they hadn't been through the process either and so they're like well maybe you should maybe you should sign and then you know if you don't end up wanting to go there you can just tell them never mind and also i don't want to do that you know yeah, yeah i don't want to commit and then go back on my word like yeah so it's like you really have to tread lightly i don't know i i ended up definitely not taking that offer <laughs> <laughs> that's um, interesting so he tried to strong arm you in, <laughs> into it. basically basically and it really rubbed me the wrong way and at this point in time they didn't even have a track like they had they were still building their track i think they're actually still building their track wow yeah yeah and so they were practicing at like i think they were practicing at a nearby jc or something like that hmm. so they were in the they were in the process of rebuilding their program which is which is good now they yeah. they actually have a, they always have some squad at san jose so that's good to see but um yeah shortly after that i went on my visit to cal and the head coach told me he was just like look we're we're cal like i'm not gonna beg you we do want you to come here but i'm, <laughs> right. I'm not going to beg like yeah we're a great school great sports and all this stuff and i enjoyed my visit and i clicked with the people on the team and I was still kind of like telling the line because at this point I had not competed. I had what well, was competing unattached. Right, um, right. So I hadn't jumped. And I remember somebody calling me and was like, why wouldn't you go to Berkeley? It's a, like the best school that you could go to. It's even better than North Bend CCLA. Right, right. Um, and I was like, it is. And they're like, yeah, this one I didn't know. And so that was kind of what's made me to say, okay. I'll go to Berkeley. I also had a coach come to my house from Oklahoma. And this was so really? funny. So they, yes. So they offered me a full ride. came to my house at dinner. I actually have a picture from way back then. I looked crazy, but um, <laughs> came to my house, sat at my kitchen table with me and my parents, offered me a full scholarship and a visit. Okay. And I'm like, oh my God, this is Oklahoma. I know about Oklahoma. Right, right. Um, they have great legacy, great, great reputation when it comes to sports. So I'm like, okay. And then my mom was like, you are not going to Oklahoma. <laughs> you are not going to Oklahoma. And I was like, what? She's like, it snows. It snows there. You're not going to survive there. You will hate it. And she was like, what you're not going to do is waste these people's time waste their money 
if you're not gonna go and i can tell you right now you're not gonna want to go there so let's just not take the visit don't waste (laughs) their time don't waste their energy like just let's just tell them no yeah and i wish i could have gone on that visit but i think ultimately she was right right um but i actually had but I was like, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, be me. It's hard to say no. Like, there, there comes a point where like your phone is ringing and like you're looking at it and like I'm just like sitting it down because I'm just like I, I don't have an answer because they're calling yeah. me like, so what, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like 17 and like I'm. How do I say no? What should I say? I don't want them to take their offer away. Am I taking too long? So like, I would just watch the phone ring and my parents would be like, I'll talk to them. Like, don't worry. If you don't want to go there, I'll let them know. You don't have to worry about that. Because like, I just was feeling a, a bit overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then of course I jumped at Arcadia and I won Arcadia and I... I can't remember exactly what I jumped. It was like in the 40s, 40 feet something, but I was fouling like some solid jumps, like maybe 42s and some change. And um, had a lot after that meet, like USC, Oregon, UCLA. Did you you sign? Did you sign? And I'm like, we just signed. I had just signed like a couple of weeks prior and then opened up at Arcadia. And everybody's like, well, did you sign? Did you sign? I'm like, yeah, we just signed. Yeah. Interesting. And so I was happy to be done with it, though. Very, very happy to be done with it because it was it was overwhelming. It was. I mean, even to this day, like, I, I have a hard time saying no. Like, so I can just imagine, like, being 17 and, like, dealing with a lot of adults and feeling like you owe people an answer you owe people a response and ultimately i won't say that you don't always not the right way to feel like i owe yeah. them something for offering for me an opportunity interest, yeah. right and so that, that's that's how i was feeling and so i was just like i don't have a response i don't have a yes or no i don't want to be rude i don't want to yeah. be mean like this or that and so i was very happy to have my parents involved um and my coaches, obviously, right. they help me out a lot as well. I'm uh, I'm listening to these school names come up, and I'm so jealous. I was thinking, you know, nobody nobody asked me to go on any recruiting trips or anything. I was like, I I would be thinking, you know, before we opened up this conversation, I I was thinking, okay, if I was going to counsel somebody, I'd be like, go on every trip you can, <laughs> like go everywhere. Like if they're going to fly you to New York, go to New York. You know, if they're going to fly you to Oklahoma, go to Oklahoma because man, it's, it's so cool. The, the college environment, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. Oklahoma football is crazy. Right. And then, yeah. you know, you, you go up to Cal. I mean, Cal is one of the flagship universities of our nation there, you know, every year in the top five, for sure, as far as, you know, academics and, mm-hmm. you know, sports is very solid there. And, you know, just a who's who mm-hmm. list of, you know, you know, alumni and, and everything else. And, you know, obviously great choice to go to Cal. Um, you know, we, I think we went against you guys every year, not my freshman year, but every year after that, uh, I jumped against John Morris up at Cal and, you know, just some great athletes. And, so, you know, you, you have these, all these places that can call you and go, but I, I just keep thinking for a young person, especially travel, 
you know, travel is so interesting to me. I, the first time I got to travel anywhere was, you know, being at UCLA, we went up to Oregon, you know, that was one of our big trips. And then I think my sophomore year, we went to Montana, <laughs> which was, that was an interesting trip. And big sky is a real thing, by the way. I, I'd never understood what that was. If you've never what been to Montana, it? when you get off the plane, there are no buildings. It's like, I mean, there are, but they're all like maybe one story. Uh, and so just above the building, there's blue sky because there's, there's almost nobody around. So there's no cars. There's not a lot of pollution. Uh, okay. and it goes blue immediately. And the vault of the sky, if there are no clouds, it's, it's the weirdest thing. I almost picture it's like being inside one of those snow globes, but without the snow, but oh, it's like this. Scary. <laughs> it's it's like you can't even perceive depth i, I don't understand it's almost like the weight of the sky is hanging on you i don't know how to explain it it's, i, it's I kind think of, i understand what you're saying i would say i would understand what, how somebody could be um agoraphobic like yes. afraid of open spaces that's kind of what it is it's like there's a lot of open space in montana <laughs> but so that was an experience right but on a, on a weird way but um so you just you cut right through it all and and went to cal awesome so what was what was uh what was my question i was going to have you for cal when when you got there as just winning state you come in and you're all that and uh you know what was it like up there who was your coach and what did you first of all what did you end up uh majoring in when you got to cal what did you study <laughs> Let me purpose this by saying I struggled a, a great deal my first year at Cal. Yeah. That transition was very, very rough. Um, I thought I was going in wanting to do kinesiology, but Cal actually doesn't have a kinesiology major. So most people would do nutritional science and then let that take them okay. into whatever kind of. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do nutritional science. And my first semester, I took nutritional science and I hated it. Oh yeah. my God, I absolutely hated it. I um, <laughs> I took three classes my first semester, nutritional science, calculus, which, Ugh. oh yeah, right. Calculus, and I took African-American studies. And first and foremost, three classes is like a setup. Like you want to have maybe four, at least four. And then I took kind of like an advanced calculus class, which I should not have done. And then nutritional science, I just was not interested in. Uh, long story short, horrible, horrible, horrible first semester. Really bad. And that's when I knew, A, that I was not going to be any kind of nutritional science, kinesiology, <laughs> right. or hard science major. I knew that at that point. Um, so then I said, oh, well, maybe I'll do e econ. But at Berkeley, they make the intro classes pretty difficult so that people that may not have A, an affinity for it, or B, that big of an interest in it are going to be like, okay, no, that's okay. Yeah. So the, the very first economics course I took was an intro to economics and it was so hard yeah. and my parents they're both they were both um econ money people like they both went to college and um my mom she was a bank vp and my dad was a director of financial aid at a college so they were both money people and they're like economics is super easy yeah. like oh my gosh <laughs> when I got there it was math it was like calculus all over again and I was, yeah you guys said it was easy and so <laughs> I was like, okay, this is not economics either, you know? Yeah. And then I took a legal studies class summer school. I had to do summer school to like get myself together because I was falling behind at this point. Yeah. So 
Um, I was in summer school. I took a legal studies course. It was intro to criminal law and I loved it. And I was like, okay, I'm a legal studies major. And then that was, that was, that was that. So I majored okay. in legal studies. So legal studies. And what is that, that leading to, do you want to become a lawyer? Are you already a lawyer? What's, what's the um, plan? Possibly. I, um, I, I went and got also a master's of legal studies, um, which same degree, but different area different type of study so at berkeley your legal studies program is going to be uh jurisprudence more about like the foundations of law the history of law right philosophy of law how it's coming about how it applies blah blah blah. my master's program was actually like the fundamental study of law so i was taking like contract law okay negotiation skills property law right like, all of that stuff. Um, I thought I maybe wanted to be an attorney. And then when I was coming out of Cal, I actually took the LSAT a couple of times. It's kind of like, do I want to spend the next three years in school and yeah. get all this debt? And I, I was just kind of like, let me just see if like I really, really want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Before I decide to actually be an attorney. But yeah. my parents, of course, are like, but a bachelor's degree is nothing. You need another degree. Like yeah it's not what it used to be so that's why i ended up getting my master's which is great for a lot of other things just short of being an attorney which right. is totally fine so i don't know about you i whenever i think of attorneys like i grew up and watched la law was a big show when i was in college at ucla and then um you know perry mason when i was a kid so i think most americans i, I might be stepping out of my out of line by saying when you talk about being a lawyer, I always picture court cases, you know, and mm -hmm. arguing with the judge and talking to the jury and, you know, my opening argument, my closing argument, but there's a lot of law that goes on way outside of those lines. Like you're saying, yes, right? absolutely. you've got people that do research and you've got, you know, who are just not equipped to step up in front of anybody and speak. <laughs> right. right. So those right. Are like, As an attorney, you have to decide what, what kind of attorney you want to be what kind of law you want to practice, obviously. And so like some people are like, no, I'm not definitely not a litigator. Litigators, the attorneys that are arguing mm -hmm. the court cases. So and then you have other, I'm absolutely a litigator. Like that's that's my thing. Right. Like so it's all about finding your strengths and what works mm -hmm. for you. Interesting. I, I did a a, ter a a jury duty gig a couple years ago and I ended up I have no idea how I think nobody else wanted to do it, but I ended up being the foreman of the jury, which was kind of funny, but we're listening to this case and they had this guy who he got arrested for, you know, stealing. I think he got into the vault somehow at some, I want to say like a home Depot or something like they cased it out. He had a couple buddies, but then <clears throat> they were waiting outside and, you know, the, the way that they described the case and everything, all of us in the area, I think it's in, too much in the way of um tv but we're like okay how did they catch this guy they, they had a cup of his that he left in the bathroom or something and, and they're going okay so they had dna evidence i'm like but all these questions came up i've watched too much tv i'm like did you did you was your dna already in the database you know and the the lawyer that he had i don't know he must it must have been court appointed the guy was really bad <laughs> it's like going okay you know he calls up uh, tries to throw the cop under the bus you know he goes okay so 
how many of these cases have you done? And the guy's like, I've done 95,000 of these cases. Oh, so are you an expert in this field? Yes. Oh, so is this DNA this guy's? Yes. Okay, you're dismissed. I'm like going, oh, great job. <laughs> I'm like, you call this guy in. I'm going to debunk the witness. And basically, he just corroborated everything that was against the guy. You know, I'm like, okay, what was your plan in, in calling this cop up, uh, you know, this guy that worked in the evidence room as a, you know, it was, we, we, we all just sat around in the jury room later and just poked holes and everything. And you go, so the guy did it, right? I'm like, do we need to deliberate for another 10 hours? Or can we just say that this guy did it? And everybody's like, yeah, he pretty much did it. Let's wrap it up. You know, I was like, I'm like, okay, is everybody agree? The guy had the worst, you know, trial appointed lawyer ever. It was, wow. it was so bad. You know, you're like, you can see it's, it's just like anything else. You know, there are people that are good at what they do. And then, you know, there's people who are like, you know, maybe, maybe this being a lawyer thing might not be your, your cup of tea. But <laughs> There, there are a lot of public defenders, a lot of public defenders are, maybe even most are very, they handle a very high amount of cases, and they do not get paid what right. you would think attorneys or what attorneys do get paid, especially like private attorneys, corporate right. attorneys, like they, can, they make a lot of money, public defenders, there's not a lot of money in helping people, right. like, to be clear, so it's almost like being a social a worker, right? yeah. But there is a huge need. People need attorneys, especially considering how much they cost private yes. attorneys. So for that reason right there, the public defenders sometimes don't have a lot of time to formulate a proper defense, a lot of Overworked, reasons to do underpaid. so. Yes. And so yeah. then you have things happen like that. Not to make any excuses, but no, no, no. there's a little bit of nuance and there that goes into that. I, I love the fact that you're defending that too, because it's, it's, it is easy to sit on the outside and go, Oh, <laughs> like, why did you do this? You know, like, again, too much TV for sure. Um, so you, I'm you, went up, let you on the jury, right? I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Silly. Um, I, I usually get, I'm like everybody else. I think you just flee jury duty whenever you can, but, um, the couple times that I've gotten called one time I got called and sat there for, a couple witnesses and then they settled the case. It was some court, you know, it wasn't a criminal case. And then uh, the second time we got called to the jury and went through the whole thing, you know, selecting jury, they ask you a couple questions, you know, you're acceptable. Okay. And uh, that one went on for a week or something, which was interesting. Being a school teacher, it's, you know, they, it gets you out of, I had to miss school. So you had to get a sub mm -hmm. and all that. And the principal's never happy about that. So, yeah quite an experience with the, the legal system. Um, so when you went up to Cal, now your your list of accomplishments kept growing. So you you got to the NC2As. I saw you were, you, you did what I wasn't able to do the one time I went. So you went four times, I saw, or you went to the regionals. I got it right here. Went to the regionals four times. You went to the finals three times and were an All-American, which means you have to finish in the top eight an all-american is that right well no so they have there are like three levels of all-americans first team second team honorable mention if you go to nationals you're automatically an all-american basically if you finish in the top eight in your first team and you get like this really nice like certificate like in the mail that they send you and like the plaque or whatever the case mm -hmm. may be but if you go if you go to nationals or like the finals then you're an all-american if you make it 
It's like top eight, then top 16, and then everybody else. So it's like first team, second team, third team. Basically. Okay. All right. So, yeah. so to, I, maybe I can tell everybody as an All-American because I did make it to the finals my senior year. Yeah. I came in ninth. So I was, wasn't yeah. the first team. I was, but nobody ever said anything second about team. second team. Right you there. would this be second back team. in 1986. That's great. So this is 1986. So it may have been like back in the ancient time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the rules were at right? that time, but at least <laughs> now I would, I would consider you to be an all American. Yes. All right. That's good to know. <laughs> I feel, I, yeah. I, just, I grew up a couple inches. Okay. Yeah, so let's, absolutely. let's talk about now, Ashley, because um, I, I got the feeling uh, just from our conversation on Instagram that you're still thinking about competing. And does that mean that we're thinking about the trials and the Olympics and all that? Yes. Um, so I competed last year, um, which the second time that I ran into you, I was actually competing that day. Yeah, that, that was competing that day when I ran that into at you that, at uh, that meet. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was at CSUN. So, um, so last year was my first year back after three years. And oh my goodness gracious. I don't know what I expected. I think my expectations were really high. Right, right. <laughs> um but it was like a slow crawl it was like a slow crawl trying to like get back to myself and then well like I'm a totally different person now than I was in like high school college and right. so I had to really realize that and, I, and the people were telling me like like you're totally completely different because I'm like I should be doing this I should be jumping this I should be faster I should be this I'm like but right. you are no longer the same so you have to first get acclimated with who you are now the way your body works moves and then you can start maybe figuring out what you should or could jump right. and so yeah so last year was um it was it was hard but it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun so did you this i don't know what your experience is like in that area i did do some competing after i left ucla and it was a real you know mixed mixed box for me um i went from coaches to coaching myself one time and then found another coach you know and by the time i did that whole run and i think i competed till i was 28 i, I remember trying to make the trials in 92 that was my last year and then i was like okay yeah. you're 28 you're not getting any better it's time to get a real job and right. you know stop stop putting all your eggs in the uh basket of <clears throat> you know when I was a kid I watched um Bruce Jenner win the decathlon gold in 1976 and mm -hmm. he was on the Wheaties box you know I was 12 years old and I'm like I want to be on a Wheaties box that's cool you know uh -huh. and uh I mean I chased that dream for a long time before I finally said you know I just don't think I have the chops for it you know and uh so when you got when did you decide to start competing again last year was it while as you were starting to coach or had you made that decision even before the season um, right. So I was actually training. So, okay, let me not say last year. This season, 2022, was my first season back. Okay. Last year is when I started training for this season. Um, so basically, COVID was like a total realization. Like, okay, I was working at a law firm and I hated it. I actually hated it from like the very first day. Right. But my mom was like, you know, you just need to have money in your pocket, pay your car note, you're going to grad school, like, it'll be great, you know, just grind it out. So I, I was like, okay, so I just grinded it out for 
almost two years. And then I was, that's, that was all I was doing all day. Like with COVID, it's like, I wasn't going outside. I was waking up. I was uh, listening to people complain, handling their business all day, yeah. drinking some wine, going to sleep, waking up and doing the same thing. And I was yes. like, this is just cannot be, uh, you know, yeah. it just didn't seem valuable or didn't seem purposeful. Right. And the pay wasn't enough to make me ignore those, those things. So that's when I was like, okay, no, no, thank you. And so I've always wanted to be like, um, maybe like um, doing a little bit of entertainment, so like modeling, acting, like right. stuff like that. And so during COVID, I, I was like going up to, there's this field in Long Beach, Chittick Field, I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. So Chittick Field, that was like the only track open during COVID. And so like you would go and you can barely get a lane. Like right. it'll be like high school teams, youth teams, pros, like everybody's out there training because everything else was closed. Right. And so I would go, I would go there and I would like hang out kind of with my high school coach from Carson and like some of some of even like people that I was in high school, we would go and like we would like go out there and we would work out or kind of like mess around, like right. do some bouncing stuff and watch the high school kids and all that stuff. Um and then like more frequently, more frequently, like, why don't you just jump? Like, why don't you just jump? Like you really should still do it. And so I was kind of like. No, like I never wanted to stop, but I always felt like, okay, I have to get a job. I have to go back to right. school. Like, cause I remember telling my parents when I was graduating, I was about to graduate and I was like, well, I really want to keep, you know, running track and I would like to, you know, model and do that stuff because at this point we didn't have the NIL. So you couldn't model at the same time that right. you were being an athlete. You can do any of that stuff. Bad timing. <laughs> Unless you had done it before, then right. you could do it. So I was like, yeah, I want to, you know, try this stuff. And they're like, but how are you going to support yourself? Like, how are you going to, you know, right. pay your rent? You have to have a job. You have to have this. And my parents are very, very, very old fashioned, very old fashioned. I love them, but they are old fashioned and they're practical. And they're like the kind of people that it's like, okay, you stay at your job for 30 years. You have <laughs> right. a retirement account. You have your pension. My dad always says to me, you want to be at a point to where you can retire and make the same money you were making when you were working. Right. That's what he always says to me. You want to be able to have the choice of, do I want to work or not? And that's how you need to set yourself up. Yeah. So they're like, you stay at a job for 30 years, get your retirement account and you work it out like that. Yeah. But I'm like, that sounds horrible. Like, <laughs> especially, especially as an athlete, like yeah. all I was doing, I was running, I was exercising. I was having a blast traveling. And then just at the drop of a dime, I'm supposed to now be in an office all day at, right. at a computer. That sounds horrible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I was like, obviously, let me just ride this wave a little bit. But right. right. Um, but I didn't. I went to school. I got a job. And I was like, but I hate it. You yeah. know? And then so I actually did a commercial. And it paid me very well. And I was like, okay right i'm gonna go for it yeah. i'm gonna go for it like is this this point in time or or never this is how i feel kind of like i have a little support my expenses are low i have some money right i'm just gonna go for it and that's pretty much how that came about okay 
Awesome. Well, um, so what is the landscape like then and, and the the goal? Like, you, you know, starting out last year, I remember when we we bumped into each other at, at uh, Cal State Northridge. Uh, that was a, the first meet that I was working with Barbara Bachaka from from Canada. So I, was, I remember as you walked by, I, when I saw you, like, you like, hey, and I was like, hey, and then I was like, I was like, so focused on on her competing that, you know, I, I hope you don't think it was like, <laughs> like that. But I remember, no, like, no, no, no. okay, I saw you, but then I was like, I was like, totally focused on something else. But I remember thinking, here's this meet. And it was so small like like really really small you know and i was mm-hmm. uh, even from an old like me i'm like this is one of those meets i'm like okay and then and at the same time as small as it was barb ended up competing against two heptathletes from england or something that oh, were wow. there you know that were and jumping you know five eight or five nine or something and and not not bad and and really nice you know I ended up talking with them and following them on instagram i think i'm still trying to get one of them to do a, a, a podcast like yourself so that there was that and then you're like okay so this is where we start and then later on that season she jumped at you know at mount sac and but there's two there's all those different levels of mount sac so she was in the Mm -hmm. saturday and then they bumped her to friday and so she ended up winning on friday and she didn't think it jump against vashti and all those gals so that was you know and tyra she wanted to jump against tyra and vashti and all that and she would have come in second if she would have jumped on saturday with the same height you know who knows if she would have performed like that she might have you know we don't know, but it, it, she, she had a great, great meet, but I just remember thinking, wow, this is like, there's, you know, all these gradations of getting up to here. So for you, what is it going to take for you to get up to that next step? What is the next step? I mean, we're talking, you know, us, there's so much stuff going on here with, we've got, this is that weird in between year, right? We're kind of over the 2023 right. season. So you've got that in between her years, not an Olympic year, but it's really starting to ramp up and all that. Yeah, I thought that I thought there was going to be another world championship. That's what someone was telling me. Right. 2023 it should be right. Yeah, but, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. There's going to be another world championships and then the Olympics. Mm. So, oh, man, I wish I, I almost wish I hadn't started so late because I feel like I really need to get on it, but I'm still trying to figure out exactly how it works right, in my right. life, how I can make it work, coaching, facilities, resources, right. like all that stuff. I'm still still trying to figure that out. So I can't even can't yeah. even really give you an answer. I know I need a very, very, very solid program. Right. Um so yeah, that's it's it's interesting to hear you say that because I did the same, you know, once I left UCLA, I I my first year out, I did nothing, you know, and then I actually left school for a year. My mom kicked me out of the house. I remember that. Oh, my mom cool. was very old school like your mom. So she goes, "Oh, you're not going to go to school." She goes, "Where are you going to live?" And I was like, "What do you mean where am I going to live?" <laughs> She's like, "Oh man. You're not going to live here, you know?" So I'm like, so I ended up, oh. you know, moving out. I got like two or three part-time jobs because I wanted to train for the trials in 88. So I I found my coach, you know, that I wanted to work with in 86. And 87, I wasted the whole year I did I I was there on campus and I was going to classes and it was like I was in this fog of like a dream world because I, I was no longer on the team. And I was, it was like 
a huge part of my identity was gone. I was no yes. longer on the UCLA track team and I didn't have any goals. Like my right. senior year, I was, I was like, I got to jump seven, three and a half. I got to go to nationals at least once in my career, you know, boom, 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 boom. And it all lined up. It all came around and it happened and I made it there and it was a great year. And then the next year, I don't know if it was a both the letdown year and then the I'm not actually involved again here year. And it was just, it was horrible. I hate 1987, yes. one of the worst years of my life that I remember where I was going yeah. through. What am I doing? And so when I told my mom, I'm like, I had that, it wasn't an aha, but it was like, I know what I need. I need to get back to training and I need to train. And I go, the trials are 88. It's like, it, it was like a little light bulb goes off. It's like, I'll it lines up perfectly. And I won't go to school <laughs> because school is distracting. You know, it was like, I can train with Elias. I, you know, so I ended up moving to Long Beach where I was from in high school. When I went away to UCLA, I came back and I worked two or three different jobs at golf courses and, you know, whatever, just enough to scrape enough money to pay rent and, and train, you know, and, I learned, I learned a lot. It was a, it was actually a really fun year. And it, you know, I, I always felt better about putting all my chips in the middle of the pile and just going, okay, this is it, you know, cause it's, it's too hard for me to do a myriad of things. You know, I always had that trouble, you know, at UCLA, there was, it was, it was plenty to worry about school and track. If you threw a job in there, like, you know, I don't know if your parents made you get a job. <laughs> I, I ended up having a job a couple of times. Right. And then, and then if you threw a relationship on top of that, of any kind, everything would fall apart. Like I could not make that all work. It's, I don't know if I'm just, you know, but if, once you simplify the choices for me, it was easier. Right. So yes. I, and then what you're talking about, the, the infrastructure is just not there for you when you leave college when you get out of the college shelter it's like I, I always quote this line to my kids that I'm teaching from um Lilo and Stitch it's uh Ving Rames tells her at one point he goes thus far you have been adrift in the sheltered harbor of my patience <laughs> and it's like <laughs> and now you're out <laughs> it's like when you get out of that sheltered harbor you're like what is going on? There's nothing. Yes. There's nobody, unless you're one of those elites that everybody's dying, I guess, and fighting for you and shoving contracts under your nose to sign, which I was not. I would love to have been one of those, but it was like, okay, where's where are these meets? And you know, it's there's no roadmap set up, I tell you. Mm -mm, not at <laughs> all. It's really, it's really tragic. I mean, I feel like growing up an athlete if you've been an athlete your whole life you've been a student athlete your entire life like even if you weren't playing on a sports team at your school you were still a student <clears throat> and you were still an athlete and those were like your two things yep your main things in college and then you graduate school you're no longer a student and you're no longer an athlete so then i feel like you you lose all sense of self and i think a lot of a lot of collegiate athletes go through this same wave where it's like okay what am I supposed to be now if I'm not a student, nor am I an athlete? Who am I? <laughs> right. And and that was I, I went through the I went through the same exact thing. I went through the same yeah. exact thing. Um, and I think and that was part of the reason why I started the page of the Black Student Athlete and I started a, a group on campus, the Black Student Athlete Committee, because there was so much more out there for me 
and for other student athletes when you're in college like there's a lot to go there are a lot of things for you to do to develop yourself but i think we are so focused on our sport I mean, hopefully your studies. I wasn't right. when I first got there, but then by then I was, <laughs> admittedly. But <clears throat> I think you're so focused on that that you don't really see anything else. And coaches also can foster that as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, coaches, yes, but also just that environment completely because it's like you're here on a scholarship. This is your main priority forget anything else right, kind right. of oh yeah that's kind of like what your job right that's kind of like the idea i never were i never had a call i didn't have an internship i didn't have a job i graduated college with no work experience like uh -huh. a bachelor's degree and i was like what's going on and so it wasn't until i found other things other extracurriculars and other groups when I was in college that I really started to thrive on the track. Like I said, my first year was like a total doozy. Like I was like, I was hating my life. I was doing bad. I was doing bad in track, doing bad in school. And I was like, what in the world mm -hmm. is going on? Like anything that's the other thing it's like i was always good at something i was good at cheerleading stumbled into track <laughs> was right. good at that now i'm at a point where i have to figure out what i want to study or yeah. figure out what kind of job i might want to have i've never had to figure out anything yeah i've always been thrust into something and been great at it so now yeah. i'm at a point where i'm like well what would i be great at now other than track <laughs> so i have to start running track again yeah Wow. That's, it's funny. Cause it's almost like a midlife crisis, right? What you're talking about is like, you know, uh, and I, I just found that interesting. I, I look back on that same period. I started coaching at Orange Coast college right after I left UCLA and that was fun. Good. And it was, I, I didn't think about it. I didn't plan it. It happened. It was fun. And I did it for like six years and it was a, you know, like $2,500 stipend or something for whatever, mm -hmm. from January to May. Right like short, oh, wow. sweet. This is back in the eighties, right? Still. So, um, 80, 88, nine would have been my first year, 1989 at Orange Coast College. So yeah, but it was like, that was cool. But then there was still that part of me. I, I knew I didn't, I, I didn't know then that I should have the, the head coach told me at the time, Fred Hokanson, great, great guy, great staff there. They were, they kept telling me, they go, look, you got to go and get your master's because they saw something in me that said, this guy's going to end up being a coach and he's going to do whatever. And I did not realize that they were trying to groom me to maybe be the head guy there. Mm. You know, cause you get your master's at the JC level, you can get mm. one of those jobs where you're going to make like $150,000 a year. And you're teaching three classes, you know, racquetball, right. you know, remedial stretching and, you know, tennis or something I mean, like you get you, right. you work 10 hours a week instead of you know the the 25 or 30 i spend you know teaching pe at the high school level and then you've got that gig right and so i was like well, i don't want to go i don't i was like i don't want to go back to college like yeah. i i had okay it was okay but it was like i didn't i didn't get the the value of it you know and it was like I'm 22 years old, 23. And I'm thinking I want to go to the Olympics still, you know, I'd made that commitment. I'm going to, I'm going to try these, try, I'm going to get there. 
I never even made it to the trials, you know? So it was like, I, I gave that shot, but it was like, I, I look back at it now and I'm like, that was a mistake. I now have the masters, but it was like, I stepped out of that stream for about 15 years when I went to high school and started coaching at the high school level. And so now getting back to even the NAI level, which is, you know, not super high up on the list, but even that it's kind of opened my eyes back up to, oh yeah, there's this world that you were a part of that's, you know, it was much more interesting and exciting and it gave you your identity. And there's like, yeah. there's all kinds of people that are coaching and reaching different levels of, you know, this and that. And I'm just like, man, I stepped out of all that to, to, yeah. you know, what was I doing? So it's interesting here you going through the same, the same thing. So you've got, absolutely. Has you, have you got your entourage set? So do you have a, a coach, a nutritionist, your trainer, your, you know, your PR guy, your <laughs> like, how's that all going? I don't have any of any of those things. No, any of those things. No, I don't. Last year I was just, I, I mean, I had a coach, um, but I didn't have any of those other things. I didn't have a trainer. I wasn't, I wasn't seeing a trainer. I wasn't seeing a nutritionist. I was right. just like literally like scratching and scraping to compete, which making it to USA was like a shock. I was like, not, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't even really want to go. Um, honestly, I was just kind of like I was so tired. What did you jump? I was to get, so tired. To get there, you jumped. Oh, I didn't. I didn't jump good at all. It was like forty-two, four maybe. Uh huh. Like so, that's not good. Um, and so my coach is like, "It's it's, it's a down year. Like yeah. you're gonna make it." And I was like, "I don't think so." Like I was like, "Oh, you're gonna make it," and like. I'm qualified. Like I went and jumped down at Chula Vista mm -hmm. and that's when I jumped there and I qualified and it was like a couple of weeks before, but at this point I had gone, I had started back training in like February and it's February of 2021 mm -hmm. and it is now June of 2022. I am tired. Like I am gassed. Like that yeah. was way too long to be training. Um, right. Just because I was like out so long, yeah. so I guess we felt like I needed like a very long buildup foundation, but uh, I don't necessarily think I needed to have been training that long. Anyway, I was, <laughs> I was very, very gassed, very tired. Like, yeah. um, and I was just kind of like, I don't really want to go because one, I know I'm not going to jump well. And I know that's not like the mindset to have going into a competition, but I, I just was being very realistic, realistic. Right. Like my body was like hanging Failing. on by thread. I'm tired. Yeah. And it was expensive. It was crazy, 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 crazy expensive. I only went for one day. I went, I flew up the day before and I left right after I competed because I couldn't afford to like go three days in advance, which is usually what you would want to do, right. especially right. for a major meet like that. Get acclimated. But the hotels and, were... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I just, I was, it was just so frustrating to see because obviously the prices were raised giving the context of the weekend. Right. And so, like, even the Motel 6 was $200 a night. Wow. It was crazy. I stayed at the La Quinta for $430. Wow. 
the La Quinta. That's not even a hotel. That's like a. <laughs> That's not even a hotel. <laughs> it's not even like a real hotel. But I could, I just couldn't do the motel. I really couldn't do that. Like everybody's like, just stay at like a cheap motel, and I was just like looking at the pictures. So I was like, I cannot do this. I can't. My right. door cannot be outside. Like right. <laughs> so. I said I was like, I'm just gonna go up for one night and stay at somewhere kind of decent. Right. And so at least I can have some peace of mind when I'm like sleeping. Right. Um <laughs> yeah. But oh man, yeah, that was that was expensive. I had my parents to help me out. They they took care of one of my flights, mm-hmm. luckily. So that helped me save a little bit of money, but it was still crazy expensive, almost two thousand dollars just ago. I was there for a day. Yeah. Wow, and I was just kind of like it's not sustainable like it's not sustainable to keep on going like this with like absolutely no support no sponsor nothing like that it's just not realistic so that's where I I am right now is I'm trying to figure out how can I make this work for myself what kind of job do I need to where I'll have enough money but I also have enough time um and I'm in a good proximity to a training location. That's one of my main dilemmas right now, because there are people that are like, oh, I would love to coach you or you can come train here, but it's very far. Right. And so I'm like, I would have to move. But then if I move, how am I going to pay my rent? And so I'm trying to set myself up perfectly to yeah. where I can have all of these things taken care of and so it's just taking me a a little bit of time but what i don't want to do is half step which i kind of feel like i did last year like i i made the decision well i didn't have step i went all in but i did not plan it out well enough um as well as i should have so i'm trying to do all the necessary planning ahead of time before i'm halfway through and i'm like okay yeah okay wait 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 so that's what i'm trying to do right now basically yeah well that's there's a lot of things like you said a lot of moving parts there to make it all work it's 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 interesting because i know a little bit about what that struggle is like out here and then you know uh, talking with just a few athletes over uh, i had one kid um Abraham Vogelsang from Norway, who's one of the top under 20 decathletes in the world. And we did a podcast a while back, which I still don't think has been published either, but we're, we're, we're getting them out there. Once once they're done, it's, it's harder than I thought to do this. I thought, oh, we'll just talk and we'll just (laughs) shove them out there. It doesn't work like that. They're much easier to do than they are to get out. But um, we're talking with Abraham about what, you know, goes on over there. And it's, it's really different, you know, when they, they get their athletes and they're kind of in the fold still, you know, and they, they do all kinds of things for them. So it's, it's interesting out here. It's so competitive. And so, like you said, it's, it's kind of unorganized. I think, I think it's just, it's really just, you know, it's kind of the American dream, the American story. It's like anybody can go and do it right. You can come out of nowhere. I mean, one of my favorite sporting events is the U S open in golf in the, in the U S because you literally, can you could pick up a golf club you know a month before the u.s open and if you went and started hitting balls and everything you could go to a regional competition and if you shot a good enough score you would make it to the next round and you could keep going 
And then if you won enough different things, you could qualify and compete in the U.S. Open against Tiger Woods and all these other guys at the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there seems like there's a story like that almost every year. Well, they'll go, oh, yeah, this guy we used to be on his college team. Mm -hmm. And then he started, you know, working at Walmart and stuff, <laughs> stuffing boxes, you know, and doing this. And he decided he didn't really like that that much. And he went back and he started training and he, he got himself a different coach. And, and you know, he scraped and did, you know, all the same things that we're talking about. And he put together these two or three rounds and, and here he is, he's Cinderella boy, you know, and you're like, that's so cool. The odds are astronomical, you know, so uh -huh. it, it can and does happen, but there's, it seems like there's a lot of stuff missed, you know, in, in the middle over here because there's either, you know, just not enough people out there going, Hey, this person's really talented and we need to do this, you know? And then the other part of that, I think is track and field is still, in the big picture of things, we're still just too small time. You know, if you, you yeah. look at, you know, I mean, college game day on Saturday, there's like 40 football games on today, at least, you know, pro football every week, you know, it's like football's king and then basketball and baseball. And, it, and it's like, you go a long way down a list yeah. before you get down to track and field, you know? So there's, yeah. Is there money in track and field? There's some, you know, is there a lot of money mm, for some, you know, and then, and then there's a lot of just, you know, wanting to get there. You know, I was that one that was like, I wanted to be Bruce Jenner. So I know Bruce Jenner made money and I know Carl yeah. Lewis made money in his day. And I know, you know, but then I know a lot of other guys that had a lot of success like that, that, that aren't living like Kings you know, yeah. off of the, off of the track and field, you know, I remember staying up with my roommate, Dwayne Washington at UCLA. If you're out there listening, Dwayne, haven't talked to you in too long. Um, he, he and I would sit up our freshman year at, at night. He was a triple jumper, uh, 52, eight. I think he went to NCAAs his senior year, Long Beach kid like me, we both went to Millican. So that's why we decided to room together my freshman year. Okay. And, uh, we would just sit up sometimes in our loft at night after practice and, you know, talk about those dreams, you know, like I want to go to the Olympics and I want to do this and, you know, and all that. And, you know, it's just, you know, what do you do when you're 19 years old, you know, and, and you're meeting all these great athletes and, you know, 1984 was a great year to be at UCLA because a lot of people trained there from around the world. So there were, you know, oh, athletes that was coming cool. in the track at Drake, you know, but, uh, Wow, it's just so you just realize that the confluence of things that have to come around, you know, like you said, to take someone like yourself who's, you know, talented and smart and, you know, great resume, everything's click, you know, and like you said, everything you do just is it's good for you. You know, it, it seems to work out. You're good, great coach, great athlete. And, and it's just like, and <clears throat> let's what's that push? You know, where are we going to get All that, right. that thing that they get you to the next level? Um, well, listen, Ashley, uh, I, this is awesome. Uh, I love talking with you. I would keep doing this all day, but it's, we're already, likewise. We're already into an hour and 15 minutes. I don't want to uh, monopolize your whole day. So um, if you are willing, we'd love to have you back. And um, I would love to, to talk with you more uh, interpersonally on a, uh, some of these these things that you're going through so let me know if i can be of any help um you know either with uh you know contacts or ideas or you know any of it from you know <laughs> training i love the fact that you went down to chula vista because i i think the world of jeremy fisher 
down there. And, uh, you know, that would, I'd realize that's probably for me, that's way out of the way, you know, I'm up here in Santa Monica. So getting oh, down to yeah. County that's is out of the way so. for me, getting down to Chula Vista. I mean, yeah. I've been trying to get down there to see Jeremy for a long time, but, um, and he's another, I think his podcast may be out, but, um, uh, yeah, that, where did you say you're training now? You're, you're, are you down there in the Golden West area? Are you going to, you doing your training at Golden West or at Saddleback or where'd you find? No. So I was training at Cerritos the, um, this past season. Um, but right now I'm still trying to work all that out, figure that yeah. out. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, Ash, it was great seeing you again. It's been way too long. <laughs> uh, season's still coming up. Uh, the next, what you're, and you're still not quite decided whether you're going to be back. Right. So. Right. All right. Well, we'll keep that, keep that in mind too. Um, all right. Well, Hey, thanks again. And uh, have yourself a great rest of the weekend. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I had to look this up. Soka is where yes. we met. Soka. That's where it was. That is, uh, it's in Irvine though, right? Soka? I don't know. I think it's a little further down. Concordia? I'm thinking Concordia, maybe. Concordia, Irvine. Aliso okay. Viejo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. it's a little more, it's a little south of Irvine. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I just remember it was way out there, Soka University. That's right. right. Okay. Yeah. That does that does ring a bell. And then I remember that that meet later at um at Cal State Northridge, like you said. All right, Ash. Well, hey, um, hang in there, keep working. And I, I love the decision. I I love that, you know, I'm always that person that, you know, when someone says, I'm gonna put all my chips on me, I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm pulling for you. Um, uh, you, you, you can do anything. You can do anything. I let, you know, keep you know, obviously the the uh model contracts and all that, you know, the commercials. That's to me. <laughs> That would be the way to go. They get you, they pay you that kind of money. You can pick your trainers yeah. and go wherever you want. So definitely 100%. All right, girl. Thanks Thank for your you. time. All right. We'll talk soon. All right.